Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined by Colin Drew. Coming off of a big Justin Thomas win. Um, I mean, you know, never, never feels good when everyone in the PGA community bet someone and you weren't on them. I'm sweating Rom. I'm sweating Bryson. I really thought Bryson, I was sitting there on Saturday, like Bryson's just going to win again. This, this guy, he's just going to go back to back. And uh, I mean, but, but JT, I mean, playing incredible golf. Yeah. Lights out. Yeah. Uh, and, and we go from the high highs of the players championship, beautiful golf course, great golf. We got, you know, Bryson and Rom and JT and, you know, of course, Lee Westwood hanging around the top of the leaderboard to the Honda classic. And, you know, people are thinking Daniel Berger might withdraw. We got Lee Westwood priced at 10.6 on DK. I mean, just what, what a catastrophe of a week of fantasy golf this is. Yeah, I was logging, you know, Tuesday morning to refresh ownership projections, get that up there and take a look for the first time. And it's just like the top 25 players from last week just gone. There's maybe four or five of them left, but it is pretty thin this week. And yeah, I mean, like this event used to have decent field strengths. Arnold Palmer used to have decent field strengths, but combination of the WGC and then the players moving from May to March. Yeah, it's it's an event I used to get pretty excited for, but it's a little harder to get excited for it this year. Well, this is famously after I first got hired at Daily Roto, one of the first times we did a golf Keith podcast Mitchell. together, and we di- I didn't bet Keith Mitchell at two hundred to one. <laughs> been chasing, been chasing uh, that white dragon for uh, for quite some time. I don't even know if he's in the field this week. He probably is priced at like yeah, sixty two hundred because he's not any good anymore. So let's start here at the top. Well, yeah, I I think, you know, the Keith Mitchell is one of the more random winners that we've had here, but I would say that one of the highlights of the event is just a lot of random winners. And then when you combine that with the field strength this year, I wouldn't be surprised at all if someone deeper than 100 to one ended up, you know, in contention and winning, looking at the course fit from data golf, it's like the nothing matters course, like everything matters to a lesser degree than it does on a normal PGA tour course. So a lot of variance last week with the water and some of those holes, you saw big numbers there's going to be a lot of variance this week too, and definitely can't be afraid to, to, you know, go off the board with a couple of picks. Yeah. I think my strategy for single entry is probably just going to be to try and get a cumulative projected ownership of like 70, just because I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to feed in, like I will not play burger wrist injury or not, or whatever is up with burger, not playing him. Don't feel great about playing Sung Jay as the most expensive guy, obviously not going to touch Lee Westwood Neiman, I guess would be interesting to me, but because of the burger stuff and because Westwood's not going to be spit out by any optimizers, Adam Scott doing it all with his putter. I think Neiman is going to end up being way over owned at the top two. I mean, very rarely do I ever come into event an event and the five most expensive guys I don't have that much interest in. Yeah, that definitely. And with Berger, yeah, he there was a quote about his rib injury. He said he was surprised he was able to finish all four rounds last week and ended up going in for MRI today. I guess we'll find out um if he decides to pull out or if he decides to play, but there is at least some risk and you know Maybe it's the type of thing where if he's in contention, he, he sticks it out. But if he's in 50th place or whatever, like maybe he's not going to gut through the injury. I don't know. So all that stuff is stuff we'll have to juggle with. But I definitely agree with you. Usually when you're looking at Sungjae Price, you're looking at a guy who's you know better than 20 to 1 
and that's about where data golf has in price like 18 to one i think books have them 13 to one but usually when we're paying 11k we're paying for like a, a seven to one dj or something right um i mean i i don't really have i guess a super strong stance on any of these guys other than that they don't seem to be good value propositions but i mean it, I guess it's it's always relative to the field. So you skip below 10,000. You're like, oh, you know, this is the range where Xander and Cantlay would normally be. And instead, you're met by 9.3K Taylor Gooch, Shane Lowry at 9,200, Cameron Tringali at 9,100. I mean, I'm probably just going to be a slappy and play Tringali at, uh, at 9.1 and, and feel terrible about it when he's dunking it in the water on Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think of the like the top top guys. I think I feel fine with Sanjay. Uncomfortable price, probably overpriced. But like you said, like everyone's overpriced to a degree. Um, nervous about Berger because of the injury that we mentioned. Neiman's gonna be popular. Nervous about Scott because he's losing like a boatload of strokes. T to Green, which isn't his forte. And then like I mean, Russell Henley's been okay on approach, but not really anywhere else. Like all of these guys have major major warts this week, so I, I think that's going to make Sanjay a little bit more appealing, I guess, even if he is overpriced. Yeah. All right. So these nine thousand dollar guys: Henley, Gooch, Lowry, uh, Tringali, and Kirk. What? Uh, where are you at on on these guys? I mean, can you can you bring yourself to click on uh, on on Taylor Gooch at ninety three hundred? Um, yeah, I mean like a mix here and there, but I think Tringali and Kirk were the guys that popped to me. Like Kirk's definitely, I mean, it's going to be bad, bad, tough scene after I ripped on him in Slack and then he proceeded to go out and like finish round two in fifth place or something like that. But he's been very consistent T to green since the restart, much more consistent than some of these other players for, for sure. Straight up better than Ricky Fowler T to green since the calendar flipped to 2021. So um, Kirk was one of the guys that if I was looking for a safe pick, like, um, I feel like I can buy on him continuing to perform at the same level he has. Yeah. Data golf, big fans of Cameron Tringali. Generally speaking, that comes at $7,800, $7,300. So it is, it is a little bit of sticker shock, but even at this elevated price relative to the rest of the field, he is showing up as, as a value here. Ricky Fowler, 8,900. What do you do? I mean, it's wild, especially in this field. Um, I, I actually you're think you're not even that interested. No, I think he's a play here. Yeah. I think it, I think at 89, what? even because, so we were talking about this in Slack earlier. He's at like his worst rolling 50 round average since he turned pro. So buy the dip. Are you yeah, buy the dip or try, or I is think, it trying to catch the falling knife? Well, first is I, I think that his ownership projection, like in a weird way, I think when really big name golfers, when they have these really low prices, e even in weak fields, I feel like people specifically in the stuff I've been playing, which is like the single entry contest on DraftKings, we, and those are far more likely to be hand-built lineups as opposed to, uh, you know, generated by an optimizer. Obviously, a lot of people are still using the projections, but yeah. I, I feel like his ownership will be rather low relative to his projection in, in those fields. Like I think you, you could see like 11% owned Ricky Fowler. And I don't know. I mean, I, I literally have not touted Ricky on this show in forever, but I do think, I do think he is probably a play this week. Yeah. Like the other weird thing is the scoring environment's usually tough. You're looking at like a 10 under, you know, plus or minus a stroke or two. 
as the winning scorer. So like the placement points that are mattering quite a bit this week as well. So definitely some weird, pretty weird dynamics there. Um, I guess like Tringali, probably the one of the players who's been more consistent. Same with Kirk. Like those are the safe picks in the 9K range. Um, Cameron Davis has been less consistent kind of in that upper uh, 8K range, but he is actually, in, as far as his long game, so strokes gained off the tee and on approach, he's actually been the best player above 8,500 kind of in this field um, and definitely does not have the same short game as some of these other players. Um, but I mean, the seven events, so there's been some ups and downs in there, but um, I think Cameron Davis is a pretty good player this week. Yeah, I, I, he looks like the best combination of projected ownership and projection in this range because there are guys priced here, Matt Wallace, Martin Keimer. I mean, these guys are just receiving awful, awful projections from data golf that would put them out of play. And I mean, I guess the reason why they're priced this way is because in the outright market, they still carry some of their results from the European tour. Keimer specifically wins from like eight years ago that still feed into his outright prices. But yeah, there's just, there's nothing to support these guys as plays in their uh, decay model strokes gain projections. Yeah. I, and I think that's fair. Even in the top 20 markets, there's just, you know, they're a little bit better than the guys like at 7.7 they They were a little bit better than Adam Hadwin or, you know, Kevin Streelman, but definitely not a lot. And so even using the betting market odds, it's just, it's kind of like a dead zone where, you know, you, you kind of want to try to get up um, or, or get down. So not overly excited about any of those European tour players that you mentioned. Um, HV3, pretty solid ball striking last week. A uh, little bit interested in him at 7,600. And I would say like Streelman, another, he, he kind of fits like a similar mold to Chris Kirk. Streelman's putting has been absolutely egregious. And last week was particularly bad, but um, the tee to green play, he's essentially gaining strokes every event that he's teed it up this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have, we have some names in here that I like. I mean, Dylan Fratelli, friend of the pod. What about, what about Benny Ann? I feel like Benny Ann in a weak field, this like a year ago, this would have been a spot where the, the data golf stuff was all over him. I guess he really has not been strong recently. Uh, very funny on Twitter. His Twitter game has definitely improved making fun of himself for, uh, for splashing the ball into the water on 17 twice in a row. But I, I, I do think I have some interest in him, especially at like 5% ownership. Yeah, I, I always wonder, I don't know if, I haven't seen this nugget flying around, but how many strokes did he lose that one hole? Like, oh, that's a, that's a question for Nelson. That's yeah. not that's not for me. And I, I wonder just like how much that, his, like obviously you want to strip out outliers and that hole was certainly an outlier, but I wonder how much that knocks his projection. Um, I, I think Ben Ann's, I think he's in play this week though. Um, a little overpriced but I think he's in play and you know, that there probably is some lingering effect from that one terrible hole on his projection. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I think that would definitely feed Phil? into it. So you're, you're interested in Fowler. I, I feel like you're going to fill out a price. That's like kind of reasonable given the field strength. I mean, w- like what is Phil Mickle? Like, has he even put up like respectable, I guess T35 at the players. Like when's the last time Phil had, the WGC FedEx St. Jude was his last high-end finish. I guess he he kind of seems to me like someone who's just better in like showdown and weekend golf because he makes yeah. all the birdies, you know, but you just you never feel because he just is he's so close to making a 10 at any given situation because he just he sprays it now. I mean, what feels what like 55 years old at this point? Like, I don't know. 
if I yeah. guess if I'm if I'm gonna take if I'm gonna take Ricky, I guess I gotta tout Phil too. <laughs> I don't think you have to, but I I do think he's he's reasonably in play, and he did play well last week. Um, yeah, and not the same situation as like writing him off entirely, which for sure was at some of these other events. Uh, a few guys down in this cheap range definitely have been feeling like I've been chasing them a little bit. Feel like they're still solid plays. Um, both Ches Reeve and Ryan Moore, both averaging more than 0.8 strokes gained ball striking per round since the tour restarted in January. And both have been losing strokes consistently with the short game. If they can be neutral there, I think they're kind of top 20 T to green players in this field. So I'm going to play those guys. They're guys that typically I look to on this type of course as well. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple other guys here that are interesting to me. I mean, Wyndham Clark, obviously just gonna, just gonna get that pump for me every single week. Uh, Eric Van Royen. I mean, I've played Eric Van Royen at prices more expensive than this in stronger fields. I, I think that also I, I, I feel like there is like a South African bias going on here in the projections. Like some of these South African okay. dudes are, are getting, well, I, I don't know Rory, what Rory 17 is looking all right though. Yeah. For, uh, Fratelli also is get is a, uh, is a big uh, boost in the projections. My guy, Luke list, huge projection value here. 75. He's actually been playing pretty decent T to green. It's just his short game and his putting is, is never going to be good. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, not necessarily directly applicable to DFS, but obviously variance in all the golf betting anyways, but this type of week, you know, when we're seeing a lot of guys down in this lower seven K that still have like 20% odds to T 20, I think you can, you can go with some of these punts a little bit more. And that usually also means there's a little bit of value in the betting markets, betting T twenties um, because there is a lot of randomness to this course and because, yeah, these top like five guys are still going to soak up a lot of win equity, but they're not going to impact the T20 markets as much. And when you have the kind of volatile lower tier golfers and the volatile course, I think some of these like longer shot T20 bets that are projecting as plus EV in the data golf tools using FanDuel Sportsbook odds, I think end up being good bets this week. Yeah, I, I really I really like that strategy. I mean, just anything to get us more of a sweat on the weekend, you know, we're going to have we're going to have March Madness and we're going to be sweating our T20s at the Honda Classic, you know, just always, always glued to the uh, glued to the computer. Some of these low 7K guys, this does strike me as a, a good Johnny Vegas course. Our guy, Keith Mitchell, though, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the data golf projections are not on him, but I feel like I might have to uh, throw the dart in one lineup just uh, just as a result of, of the, the, the memory. And nothing, here. though. He just had, like, absolutely nothing going. So like, bad. Best, yeah. best case is he's able to get to, like, break even neutral TD Green. Otherwise, it's just losing everywhere. And obviously, the putter is not, not his friend either. Um, I for sure prefer, like, Maverick McNeely, same price. McNeely's had a couple outlier upside rounds in events this year at the Farmers and at Pebble Beach. And he's had some bad ones too, but at least there's been signs of something there. Whereas, you know, some of these guys like Keith Mitchell, like you're just, you're seeing nothing consistently the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Rory Sabatini and Richie Wawrinski right there as well. Big favorites on data golf, former PGA DFS darling, Will Gordon. I mean, for those who believed in Will Gordon at a time, he's sitting here at 7,100 going to garner absolutely no ownership. He's probably not for me, but uh, you know, he is sitting there. He is sitting there in the field. PGA tour winner, 
Nick Taylor and Adam Long, both at 7,100. Those Nick Taylor strikes me as a guy who is super accurate off the tee that I would be a little bit interested in this week, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's fair. Um, all these other guys are, you know, guys that hit MME builds, but I'm not overly excited. Um, it is jarring to see 6,700 Henrik Stenson and just not be interested at all. And not, but, and, yeah. What about, yeah. what about Furyk? Is this a Furyk week or are the scores too low? Well, I think, you know, that, I think it is good for, from that perspective, I think it's good for Furyk because like, it's going to be a winning score of like nine or 10 under, you know, maybe if it plays easy, it gets to 12, but if it plays tough, it could be like seven and feels like he's, more live on that type of course than he is if you got to get to 20. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Furyk has, he's grinded out some cuts on the PGA tour or in, in 2021. I, I mean, to any other content this week, but like early Furyk's popping projected ownership. He, he doesn't pop too heavily in betting market odds. So I feel like he's being touted pretty, like he must be getting touted for some reason. Yeah. Glover sitting there at, uh, at seven K uh, friend, friends of the podcast, Tom Hoagie, uh, sitting there at 6,800. And then Mick Putz. Mick Putz coming off of uh, a week where he's gaining strokes off the tee because uh, if you just have one stroke to get it in the hole, you're going to gain a lot of strokes. I mean, this this does seem like a prime Mick Putz course where he just he has one really sick putting round and that just kind of buoys him in there in that T25 range that he loves to live in. Yeah, I feel like the, the issue is like with the water and whatnot in this course, it's like... I don't know if you, if you're not on with approach, especially you can get in trouble pretty quickly. So yeah. I think that's why you see everything matter a little bit less um, just because of the, some of the randomness there, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Hogue, Bo Hogue, I think is probably better play than your Hogue. So uh, that's what I'd throw up there for this week's podcast bet. Uh, no, I mean, I'll take, I'll take Tom Hoagie. Yeah, for sure. He's been playing well. Tom Hoagie yeah, has, he been, has been, he has been playing, he's been playing really strong. Uh, Steve Stricker, Charles Schwartzel, some of the other team names. What what is jumping out to me here is that if there was a guy in this, you know, if if Rom was here, if Dustin was here, if Bryson was here, it the, it would be very possible to like lock that guy in MME because there are a lot of guys under seven thousand who just really don't seem that different to me than the eight thousand yeah. dollar guys. So it's yeah. like. Or, or if you wanted to take a really strong stance on Berger, right? So you, you could play it like this. Like, I think the field will be scared off by some of this Berger withdraw stuff. I think that Berger is going to be under-owned relative to his projection. I'm going to take the line that Berger plays, that Berger's healthy. I'm going to play like 70% Daniel Berger, and I'm just going to be wheeling around Adam Shank, Step Straka, Charles Schwartzel, you know, Wesley Bryant, just all, you know, these super yeah. cheap golfers. I actually love the FanDuel format this week because usually it's a pricing where you're getting, even in like a stronger field, you're getting in a couple more of the top names. And um, I think that, that approach this week, we like you end up taking a huge position in Sungjae and just wheeling with a projected ownership cap around a bunch of these cheap values and just not being afraid to mix in some pretty random names. Cause yeah, I can see that coming to fruition. So pretty good week. I've been liking the FanDuel MME anyways and playing single entry on, on DK, but um, I definitely think with like the field construct this week, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Trying one to, done, I mean, they're like, I mean, you, you gotta use, gotta use Sungjae. four guys, right? Yeah. You could potentially like, like Lee Westwood's, I mean, he's been good, right? He's been good to green at each of these events. So like, you're never going to use him, but um, right. if you were looking for like a 
contrarian pick, I think he'd be fine. But otherwise, yeah, I think you're looking Sanjay, Berger, Neiman, right? Man, I think I'm going to have to get I'm just going to have to get weird with one and done. I'm getting crushed in because I, I have made a couple all like decisions where I'm like, okay, I'm already getting kind of behind. And so I'm, I'm like finding Xander Shifley miscuts. Like it's just, it's been, it's been terrible. I, this has not been a banner year for me in one and done despite yeah, having, like I've done, I've done all right in outrights and had, like good t20s and stuff it's just one and done is so hard and then it it's uh it snowballs because when you're behind it just it just gets absolutely brutal because you can yeah you, you got yeah you got to play you got to play the bad plays um so yeah i i like the idea of if you're behind taking westwood and then if you're you know you just take sung jay if you're if you're doing well yeah yeah i think that makes sense um yeah. All right, looking at looking at some of these outrights, um, I already have bet a couple. I bet uh, Cameron Tringali. Data Golf has Denny McCarthy as solid. They have Streelman as solid. Streelman, I, I think, is interesting. Johnny Vegas, I think, is pretty interesting. And then obviously, getting getting eighty to one on Luke List in a weak field. Give me that. Got to do it. Got to got to donate some of these uh, soccer shot prop bets into the uh, the Luke List outright market. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Um, I like some of the T20s as well this week, a little bit more than outrights, just because you can build a pretty decent sized portfolio. And, you know, there's still a couple guys that command decent win equity in this field. But yeah, I guess if Berger ends up withdrawing or whatever, maybe it is a good week, especially if that happens where you, you try to bet early just on the off chance that he does withdraw, you're going to see all the prices kind of go down across the board. But uh Lahiri at 14 to one, probably the, the highest projected EV that we've seen in a top 20 this year. And it's pretty clearly the best price in market. So that would be one of the longer shots. And I think the other guys that you touted as outrights, they have, um, you know, plus EV on the T20 odds there as well. So you could potentially put like a quarter unit on the outright and like a full unit on the top 20 or something like that. Yeah. And to, to your point about the outright market, I mean, if you like, if you have inside info or if you just want to play it like Berger is going to withdraw, I think that you could bet Sungjae and Neiman and just make those two your only bets. Cause they're, they would drop, they would drop pretty significantly just given the way the market is priced. If Berger was to withdraw. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And Neiman's price at 20 to one, like it's a, it's a neutral bet right now. Like that's what I like to call the sweat bet where you're just like, I, there's no edge here, but I want to have some action in one of these top guys and you're not losing money. And Neiman would definitely pop if you were to, even if you were to assume Berger plays, but he plays like marginally worse than his yeah. baselines, then you're going to get some EV out of that as well. Yep. Um, all right. I, th- I think that should wrap us up for the week. Not, not the most invigorating or exciting week for, for fantasy golf. It just, no, but the masters yeah. is around the corner. We got coming. We got Nick cock going to come on the podcast with us. Should be a good one. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to the daily Roto PGA daily fantasy golf podcast. We will be back next week. Definitely make sure to check out the projections, the tools, all that stuff over on dailyroto.com, And we'll be back next week. See you then.